0: Wild card Yeah!
1: You're listening to the 2M Football Show with Mike. Morning, afternoon, evening, whatever time you're listening, Two M Nation. Again, it's myself, Matt. We have Mike, and I think is that a, is that someone else in the background? No. No? Oh, okay. No, <laughs> it's, it's just a bird. Who is that?
2: It's Sorio. Hello. Oh, you're back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Happy to be here.
0: I'm surprised you agreed to come on again after what happened I mean, last time.
2: Well, I'm surprised Matt you let you back it? on
0: after I how mean, mean you were to him.
2: <laughs> you <let> him talk? <laughs> Well, that's really what it is, but also it's really because um, I'm in a good mood about it because because I won our fantasy football league, which is obviously the reason I'm here. Um, <laughs> so of course I'm happy to come back. I just I'm here to gloat.
0: Yep, and you'll get your chance. <laughs> We've, uh, yeah, I think we we were recapping the playoffs as they went along. Sadly, I was not a part of them. Matt was for a brief
1: moment in time. I had a glimpse of hope the- that I watched deteriorate in front of me.
0: <laughs> but then uh yeah sorry what was our reigning our champion once again for the second time despite what feeling. uh despite what josh cribs may or may not believe i know <laughs> it's a deep cut anyway but yeah we're gonna talk about that we're gonna talk about wild card we're gonna the super wild card weekend yep uh preview of the divisional round and uh yeah talk some fantasy in general in addition to Zurio's glorious victory. How did you guys, just in general first, though, what do you guys think of the games this weekend? Extra, extra two this year.
2: I watched them all, but I'm not going to lie and pretend like I enjoyed the last couple. Well, the last one was good, except I was also watching mediocre Illinois basketball at the same time, <laughs> um, which, of course, we lost because I was watching. Um, good job. But like, I I literally, I am like, okay, I'll come and look at the football game in the second half. um, And I watched the first half of Illinois basketball flip over and it's 28 to nothing. And I have no idea what's going on.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's exactly how that game went.
0: Well, the only thing that allowed that to happen was the fact that you were watching Illinois instead. So thank you. Cleveland. Thanks you.
2: (laughs) That's fine. I was rooting for them anyway.
0: Cool. So
1: so yeah, that's pretty wild. I liked it. It I thought it was a good weekend.
0: No. We'll do some quick recaps before we get into the next round. Uh, starting in the AFC, first game of the weekend it was the Colts and the Bills. This is a pretty evenly matched game, I think more so than I would have expected, despite the fact that the Colts were, I think, the, the best defense in the league this year. The the Bills looked pretty much unstoppable with the Josh Allen-Sophon Diggs combo. Uh, but This was a really solid game. No turnovers on either side. And Phillip Rivers looked really good in what, what might be his last game in the league.
1: Yeah. They, uh, the Colts eked out in every, in every category, except yards per play. Um, but what, what I thought was really impressive was the passing yards between the two quarterbacks, 309 to 301. Um, so they were almost yard for yard in passing um, given their, their offensive setups as well as their age. You no, know? River's been around for a while. Josh Allen finally finding his groove.
0: Right. Opposite ends of the spectrum there. And if you remember back to the last time we saw Josh Allen in the playoffs, it was that absolutely brutal loss last year uh, where he looked like he didn't know what he was – looked like he'd never set on a football field before. Uh, he, he was calm and composed, though, in this one. Like I said, no turnovers for the ball accurately. He used his legs effectively. And the Bills did eke out a three-point victory. Uh, for a while, it looked like the Colts might run away with, not not run away with this one, but they had an early lead. They're up 10-7. Um, and, and on the move, one of the key turning, maybe turning points in the game was that fourth down and goal from the four-yard line there. Uh, they decided to go for it rather than take the short field goal to go up by six. They wanted the touchdown to go up by 10. And can't really blame them the way the offense was moving the ball. However, uh, it didn't work out. They uh, <laughs> threw an incomplete pass. Well, Jarga could have been completed. It was off Michael Pittman's hands, though he was making a diving attempt. This wasn't a uh, Denzel Mims situation, which we'll get to. But the the call didn't work out. And uh, the Bills immediately went on a 96-yard touchdown drive right after that. And they actually scored 17 straight points uh, for the Bills. So it was a bit of a momentum swing, I think, in the game. And it was the first of several controversial fourth down uh, decisions made in the weekend. But yeah, so the Bills extended the lead to 24 to 10 at one point. The Colts did come back a bit, make it close in the end, but they uh, couldn't quite complete the comeback. And Bills escaped with the victory.
2: By the way, I think Bears fans probably hope it was Denzel Mims because um, then the Jets would be out of a rookie receiver.
0: No.
1: Wait, did I get that wrong? We,
2: yeah, we were looking for Javon Wims. It's <laughs> Javon. also the it's also the guy who punched uh, Gardner Johnson in the game. By the way, yeah, yeah, the last meeting between yeah, the six last games. meeting, yeah. right?
0: They got him suspended. Yep. Yeah, Javon um, Wims. Thank yep. you, not Denzel Wims.
2: Yep. <laughs> I was just going, although maybe he would have caught that. I, <laughs> he might have. I was gonna let it go. Um. Yeah, That's but so. then the, the then, then the fans will put us on blast. Can't have that. But I, I definitely thought, like, I think that people generally were, were basically writing the Colts off. And I think I was even in, like, our pregame text. I was talking about how um, the Colts plus 6.5 was the line. And I was like, I think that's a pretty good line. I think they'll probably cover um, because I just think they're kind of overrated. I think it's a good, well-coached team. Uh, their defense is great. Uh, and... Like, obviously, they. I think that they get stuck on the winning front because I think that we have enough track record of Phil Rivers that it's just, like, it hasn't panned out. And, <laughs> I mean, that's just the reality. He's been in the league for 15 years, and maybe – how long has it been? 15 years for sure. Um, yeah. And not a lot of postseason success to write home about. But I think he'll come back.
0: You do? Okay. So you yeah, I, I do think he'll
2: come back. Hmm. You think it's as a cult? Oh, I don't know about
0: that. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question. All right, cool. Yeah, so the Bills will move on. They will host, or yeah, they'll host the winner of the next game in the AFC. I think this is actually a Sunday game. The Ravens played the Titans in a, I feel like this is becoming a little bit of a rivalry because they played in the regular season. Obviously, they met in the divisional round of last year's playoffs when the Titans came out of nowhere. Um, And the Ravens had lost both of those matchups. But they came into this one, uh, Lamar Jackson with a lot to prove, trying to get his first playoff win, and he got it. The Ravens won the game twenty to thirteen. Uh, Jackson bounced back from an early interception, completed seventy percent of his passes, you know, one hundred seventy-nine yards. He never, he never produces that much through the air, uh, but he did almost as much damage with his legs in this one. Had one hundred thirty-six rushing yards, including a forty-eight-yard run a touchdown run that tied the game right before halftime because the Titans did jump out to a 10-0 lead and they were in uh, Ravens were in danger of losing losing control.
1: Well, and what's uh, amazing I, is the is the rushing stats between the two teams. You figure Derrick Henry, Ravens defense that's been sort of up and down throughout the season. Um but the rushing stats, you know, via Lamar jackson's legs was 236 rushing yards for the ravens only 51 total rushing yards for the for the titans um
0: and only 40 of those were derrick henry amazingly that was, was the, the key
1: right i mean we all knew that the one the whole linchpin in of this offense is derrick henry when he's on par and can move the football this offense is almost unstoppable but if you find a way to bottle him up Things get a little bit tougher for Tannehill because you, you lose the play action, you lose the ability to fake out the defense. Um, but what was amazing is Baltimore's defense was on fire. Um, wasn't as on fire as you thought, given the fact they only got to Tannehill once versus the Titans were able to get to Jackson five different occasions.
0: Yeah, I don't know where this Titans pass rush pass rush came from because they haven't had one <laughs> each of the last two years. Really, remember they signed Devin Clowney to try to help, uh, but he's been hurt. They signed Vic Beasley, which we all know how that panned out. He's, <laughs> I didn't even realize he joined the Raiders for the final couple games. Still didn't do anything. <laughs> anyway, just an aside. Definitely didn't prove it this year. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, those five sacks were impressive. But yeah, the, yeah, Ravens didn't get to um, Tannehill that much, but they did limit him to just 165 passing yards, and they picked him off once towards the end of the game. That was really the, the, the game ceiling interception.
1: Yeah, 4 for 12 on third downs too, so Tennessee was not efficient. Only 12 first downs in the game. So this offense got stinted and you know, the score doesn't really lend itself to how how badly that offense could not move the football. Like it's a one-score game, but it didn't look like it. I felt like all of a sudden Tennessee just wasn't out there playing.
2: And then they did did the bit with the with the punt, which I thought was inexcusable. Um, the fourth yeah. quarter punt down like when you're losing at the opponent's forty yard line on fourth and two and you punt, that's like I mean, like, like I, I shared the the cowardly punt index or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um it's in the hundredth percentile of cowardly punts and ninety-nine point nine second percentile from like the last few last three seasons or whatever. Like it's ridiculous. You're in a playoff game, uh and you have to like Like who cares? Like you're stink. You're You're gonna get
1: criticized regardless of your decision. You might as well go for it.
2: Yeah, I would much. Yeah, because and again, let's not pretend like they their defense has any legs. Like we've seen the defense long enough to know that it probably doesn't matter if the Ravens get a short field; they're going to score anyway. And they did. They went and (laughs) kicked the field goal afterwards, and that's after they actually got. Um, the Titans got lucky because Tucker missed a field goal in unprecedented fashion that never happened right, right right so they like got a got a life because of that and they had a chance and then they punted it back for like any inc- crazy reason
1: well and the whole thing too is Mike Vrabel said the key thing was do not get Baltimore in third and short situations where Lamar Jackson can use his legs. That was his number one worry and the number one thing he coached the defense on. And what happened? They could not stop Lamar
2: on the ground. Also, I have to, I have to, I hate when people do the bit about Lamar Jackson and the playoffs, like he's played, this is a second playoff game. Oh yeah.
1: Right? And they're all on him about how he can't win in a post. Yeah.
2: It's like he played in the playoffs for the first time last year. Like it's not that serious. And yet, like you pointed out, right. yeah. Fleck
1: well,
0: people do it, but for- he does it. Go and like ahead. you
1: pointed out, less flack was given to Phil Rivers for losing again in the postseason.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. I was one. I was just going to say that he. It, it's. It, they people have done it to the point that he seems to have internalized it himself. Because Lamar Jackson even said before this game, "Like that's my mindset. Got to prove myself. Got to win a playoff oh game."
2: God. Like it's it's and not it's that, that it's serious, that. like. Right, but like.
0: Right. This is your second year. As a and starter. it's also
2: a one game sample. Like people, like teams lose. Like it, it just happens. It's a thing.
1: And nobody saw the Titans rampaging through the postseason last year.
2: Yeah. I mean, they went on a good run. Nobody thought they would beat the Patriots either.
0: All right. So good for him. At least hopefully he can, even if the uh, national media doesn't give him credit for this one, hopefully he can relax a little bit.
2: Himself. For the record, I picked both <laughs> of these games correctly. And I think so did Matt. No. Oh, you did had didn't? Tennessee
1: beat Baltimore. Matt picked Oh, yeah, you, Matt picked Mike, Tennessee. Mike, did you
2: pick Baltimore? I did, uh, but Matt
0: got Matt got the Rams right, which we'll talk about. I also about got soon. the Rams
2: right. Spoiler. <gasps> yeah.
0: <laughs> so before we get there, though, the final game of the AFC uh, was actually the last game of the weekend, the Browns and the Steelers. Which all of us got played just. Yeah, everyone got Yeah. We played just a week ago. Uh, the Browns eked out the win against the Steelers backups and the Browns just barely won that game so I mean, that, that was my primary reasoning I really wanted to pick the Browns but they barely beat the backups they were missing their head coach I think a couple assistant coaches and one of their starting linemen to COVID for this game was, how could you have possibly picked the Browns however <laughs> the very first play of the game for the Steelers Steelers got the ball uh, Marquise Pouncey snapped pro Bowl center, really good center. He snapped the shotgun snap over Roethlisberger's head, which isn't that easy to do. His name, his nickname is big Ben, but snapped it over his head. Then uh, Roethlisberger and co- James Connor, and neither of them could get the football. And it kind of rolled into the end zone where the a Browns player fell on it. Carl Joseph recovered it in the end zone. So first play of the game, touchdown for the Browns.
1: And arguably like, okay, the tone setter bleak. for that game.
0: It ended up being yeah because you could that was okay that that's crazy fluke play nothing like that's gonna happen again right but Roethlisberger went on to throw three interceptions in the first half, uh, one of which was a tip pass I think intercepted by a defensive lineman. It's always fun to see. Yep. But the Browns were able to capitalize on all these mistakes and they took a twenty eight to zero lead as you mentioned, Sergio, in the first quarter, setting I think that was a new uh, playoff record in the process. It was. Now things did get a little dicey in the second half. It got interesting, uh, close enough to make Browns fans nervous. And there was, and then came another one of these fourth down decisions. It was fourth and one for the Steelers from their own 46 yard line. And this was in the fourth quarter. Now and they were down just 12 points at this point point. and they had momentum. They, the Browns didn't score in the third quarter. Steelers got two touchdowns. They made it close, but they chose to punt here. The offense was rolling. They're right around midfield. Defense wasn't living up to how good it had been the whole year anyway for the Steelers. Uh, This seems like a decision. This seems like a situation they had to go for. it. Fourth and just one yard. Uh, However, they punted, and the Browns drove 80 yards down the field for what was essentially the the back-breaking touchdown that really put it out of reach.
1: What what do you guys think about this one? And what was amazing is the the Steelers outpassed the Browns almost 2 to 1 in terms of passing yards. Like Ben's passing numbers were great, but the four interceptions were not a uh, not exactly but, what
2: you'd call yeah, it. Yeah,
0: you kind you kind of have to throw when you're down 28-0. to zero. Yeah, they're
2: playing a lot of catch-up.
1: But, but what
0: do you think about that fourth down play?
2: It's horrible. I mean, it's yeah, this right? is it's such a weenie hut yeah. junior play.
0: Where Weenie-Huck did where did this one rank on the on the surrender? Oh, I didn't mix? look. but I bet it's,
2: I bet it's pretty bad.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Gotta be.
2: (laughs) Because I remember when they start, when they got that ball back, I texted you and I said, the Steelers are definitely going to win this game.
0: (laughs) That's how it felt at that point. Yeah. So, but anyway, the Browns ended up winning um, 48 to 37 was the final. And this is another older quarterback that you got to wonder if this is his last game. Uh, The cameras caught him in tears on the bench. Although, as I noted here, that could have just been because of how poorly he played.
2: <laughs> it's not his it's not his best moment.
0: Uh, but, yeah, I think he does have another year on his contract,
1: so
2: I he, think he and I'm, I think he'll play. Yeah.
1: And I, for yeah, the Browns, he's going to be back for one year, but the Steelers do have a decision to make essentially next year.
0: Yeah, we've well, got some already, which I'm sure we'll talk about in our free agency at some point. But Juju Schuster is a free agent. Uh, and I think a history done, of for the yeah. they have a history of not bringing back uh, receivers, receivers after their rookie yeah. contracts.
2: And and it wouldn't be surprising if they were looking at a quarterback in this draft. They probably should. Yeah. I mean, just for like because Mason Rudolph isn't going to be no. the one. No. no.
0: <laughs> but yeah, Claypool really emerged for them this year. So I think between him and Deontay Johnson, they feel pretty good about that.
2: Deontay Johnson drops everything though.
0: So that is true. <laughs>
1: he's like the MVS of the Steelers.
0: Yeah. <laughs> every team has one, I guess. Uh, so yeah, the Browns will play Kansas City next week. So that there's your reward for, for beating the Steelers. Uh, and then flipping over to the NFC, the Rams played in, yes, a game that uh, Matt and Sorio predicted. The Rams ended up winning 30 to 20, but that doesn't really tell the whole story. The Rams defense was just so overpowering in this game. Uh, it didn't even matter who was playing a quarterback who, which at the beginning of the game, it was John Wolford, but he left the game and I think on their second drive with a, a neck injury that actually sent him to the hospital. I, he's fine though. <laughs> but Jared Goff okay. had to come in to play the rest of the game just a few without, without a thumb, essentially just a couple weeks post uh, post operation from his thumb surgery on his throwing hand. And, you know, he didn't look very good, but that didn't matter too much when the defense played as well as it did. And also, how about Cam Akers has looked so good. They just didn't use him. He was hurt a little bit in the regular season uh, and and unused when he was healthy. But all of a sudden, he has taken over this backfield and he looks awesome.
1: I mean, you would have never put that the, the Rams were going to outperform statistically the Seahawks. Um, especially in the rush game of 164 to 136. But again, a uh, reason I picked the Rams was I had all the faith in the defense and nothing still on that Seattle offensive line. And it was well rewarded with uh, Wilson eating the dirt five different times. Yeah, Aaron
0: Donald got him twice. Uh, Leonard Floyd got him twice.
1: And but the uh, penalties, dude. Like, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. On the offense. Nine penalties for 60 yards. You tell the Rams offensive line knew they were getting their butts handed to (laughs) them. There was false starts and holding all over the
1: place. You mean Seattle?
0: Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, The the one negative that came out of this game was that Aaron Donald left with a rib injury in the third quarter. Uh, Although he's going to be fine. Supposedly for next week, he'll be okay. And uh, yeah, so Seattle ended with 20 points. One of those touchdowns was pretty pretty garbage timey their only meaningful touchdown came right before uh, right before halftime to DK Metcalf Uh, he had gotten behind the defense for a 51-yard touchdown
2: Uh, I mean it's it's not a good look for Russ I think recent like I think the last probably um, half of the season there's there's been a few questions about Russ um, having to do too much russ making mistakes the pick six was a great play but also probably and like i mean i think that was like a a situation where that was a read no matter what and one of the the inside receiver completely whiffed and the the corner got a jump or the safety or whatever the defensive back got a jump on that but um i don't think that um like i i think that seattle has a lot of work to do obviously on the defensive side but russ is russ has to do way too much um he's a great player and um like at this point like people have been touting that he should have been the mvp at one point i mean for six weeks this was the year but then it really came off the wagon as he had to uh you know carry them and uh they don't they just don't have a complete team I mean, Seattle's
1: offensive line has been trash for years, and that forces Russ to have to pretty much put the offense and make have to make things happen. I mean, they started a run game; the run game was pretty good with Chris Carson, but there's just still I still feel like that offensive line needs help so that Russ can settle down a little bit and not have to run for his life every time he turns around.
0: Yeah, he was pressured on 50% of dropbacks in this game, which is crazy. Which means half the time he's got to make some magic happen just to have a positive play
2: yeah and at the same time it's not going to look as good because um like because you expect a lot from russ but if you put you know tom brady back there they're screwed because tom brady is a statue
0: can't move yep
2: (laughs) so it probably looks better than it is but also not good enough because they expect to win because of russ so it's kind of a double like it's kind of a catch-22 at
0: least they have a second receiver now i think if they do fix the offensive line that's uh Will take them a long way now that they've got DK Metcalf. Did you good. know that
2: DK Metcalf has nine more catches at Lincoln Financial Field than JJ Ortega Whiteside? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we've awesome. been chatting about the Eagles situation in, in one of our group chats. It's not good.
1: It's funny because Mike brought it up, mentioning about you and the Eagles situation.
0: All right. So, yeah, with the when the Rams are going to take on the Packers next week, which makes me a little nervous as a Packer fan. Yeah, I'm picking the Rams. Uh, so, Elsewhere in the NFC, I'll still take Green Bay. Uh, The Buccaneers took on the Washington football team, where we learned late in the week, surprisingly, that Alex Smith would be out with that calf injury. I I was surprised, at least, because he played Week 17, uh, but he was out. But maybe that ended up being a good thing, because Taylor Henneke got the start, and he looked really good. I thought that name sounded familiar. Yeah, he was a
1: backup for Cam Panthers.
0: Right, and he actually started several games one year with, of course, Ron Rivera being the coach there. Um, And I thought he played really well given the circumstances he was under, not having started a game. He's only started, I think, like six games in his career. Uh, He went undrafted back in 2015 and has spent time with six different teams if you count the St. Louis Battlehawks, RIP. (laughs) Um, But he looked pretty good. He was... Picking apart the Tampa defense sometime at, at times of the game, which was necessary because they couldn't run the ball. Well,
1: that's just it. This was where the, the team turned one-dimensional. And when a team goes one-dimensional, you don't Tampa defense was underrated, I think, through a lot of the season. It's much better than what I think people give it credit for. But it makes it even especially hard on an offense when you can't run the ball. You have to go to the air.
0: Well, this whole yeah, that's right. And this whole Tampa Bay team, I think, was. Kind of up and down played a little bit inconsistently. And that was true, even in this game, but they did get it going on offense too eventually, uh, Leonard Fournette ended up having almost a hundred yards on the ground and a touchdown, which, uh, which is Brady feeds off of course the play action and having the, uh, defenders be on their, you know, on their heels and not, not rushing him too hard since said sorry, I said, he can't really move. He's a statue. Uh, but Brady shredded this uh washington defense in the end he had almost 400 yards passing and a pair of touchdowns close game though i mean washington played well
2: they played well um this quarterback who i know that he played but i'm like singing like i don't know who this is i like i also like i looked up where he went to school like i don't remember him playing one year at old dominion which is i think what (laughs) i read like he played one year of quarterback at old dominion and now he's in the nfl Good for what's, I mean that's incredible. <laughs>
1: well, and what's funny is I guess he was in college classes when he got the phone call to be the back the um the quarantine quarterback and he had right, like he to all his professors to be like I need to take finals like after this season and here's this guy like can you imagine like turning on the TV and being like why hi nicky why does that look familiar No that's the kid from mathematics <laughs> Going against Tom Brady that's not right yeah and he played well. I give him mad he time. made some great throws i I picked yeah. Washington just as a hopefulness. I knew that that was a loss on my part for the bracket, but it got exciting to the point where I was like, i don't know this this has something I felt if they had if they could have gotten the run game going, this would have been a much much more battle it out game than what it was
2: yeah i mean good good for him like it's it's i mean it's fortunate that he has at least some experience playing quarterback in the nfl even like even if he hadn't been a starter at any stretch like if he just like being in the locker room and being a backup is enough that you at least like learn nfl defenses which obviously is huge so it's not like he's just like popping over from college and having to start like the like the college quarterback from uh denver
1: yesterday you were in a shirt and t-shirt or t-shirt and slacks and now you're Putting on a uniform, yeah, that'd be a little harder.
0: Yeah, there's another team with quarterback questions for next year. I don't know what kind of deal Alex Smith is on.
2: I don't think he's coming
0: back. I'd, but yeah, I don't know if he'll be back. Uh, Henneke is 27. He's he's gonna not, be in the
2: conversation. I bet.
0: Yeah, I think he might be. All right, so the Buccaneers will take on the Saints for the third time this season next week, which is really fun. And then I think is this the last one? Yeah, last game in the NFC. Let's the get Bears it. played the Saints. Yeah, not much to say here.
2: Uh, Bears suck. Game was on terrible. Nickelodeon. <laughs> yeah, the game was,
1: was on There was slime everywhere. They
2: taught me how football works. You get four downs to get to get to the first down mark.
1: Uh, I also want to point Can out that teach it was on Nickelodeon, and they let – was it Cordell Patterson dropped an F-bomb? That was clear yeah, as that.
2: Yeah, yeah. Def, that definitely happened. Um, also, th- there was that a was graphic that compared there was a graphic that compared Alvin Kamara to Alvin and the, Chipmunks. the chipmunk. Yeah. I was like, what the hell is this? Like what's going I, on?
1: Like I get trying to make it fun for the kids, but the more I went back and looked, I was like, I don't know about this one.
2: <laughs> I mean, maybe you have a Grinch, but I was like, yeah, this like, like this isn't working. This is, this is dumb. But then my friend was like, yeah, my five-year-old's really like this. Well, you know what? I guess that's why it's intended for their age. and <laughs> yeah. watching it for right. years. I just turned the entire game off. I'm not going to lie to you. I stopped watching after the after I saw the slimes on one time. I'm like, okay, I think I covered. <laughs> I think I covered what I needed to see. I'm you know, sure it's a this good thing broadcast on NFL and not on Nickelodeon, but I only feel like I missed out on something.
0: I'm sure this broadcast did well in the the three to eight age yeah, bracket. Definitely, that, did. that critical audience yeah.
1: of the NFL. Yeah, did just did your kids watch growl, it, Mike? Realize that's not how the game actually works.
0: I actually, didn't even know it was on uh, Nickelodeon. And I heard wow. about it later, unfortunately. So.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> like these kids are going to grow up, go to a football game, and be like, "Here comes the slime," and see nothing, and be like, "Wait, like,
0: wait, that wasn't real." <laughs> anyway, that yeah, so the highlight was probably C.J. Gardner-Johnson taunting the Bears receivers to the point of getting punched again and getting someone else uh, thrown out of the game, Anthony Miller, this time. And that's uh, his
2: whole role on that team now.
0: I think it is. I really do.
2: I mean, I'm pretty sure this is just Didn't like, Michael he Thomas, is. like he, I think it, he's just an ass. Yeah. Michael Thomas, Michael also Thomas punched even yeah. punched. Yeah. yeah. so It
0: doesn't matter which team you're on.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, I think, I think he, I think he just might be kind of a dick.
0: Am I allowed to say and, that? It's um, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, a little
1: late now, but you're good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I heard also the bears had specific meetings about not letting this guy get under their skin. and <laughs> It still happened. Moving right along into next week's slate of games, the divisional round of the playoffs in the AFC. We've got the Browns traveling to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. We can make our picks here too, I guess. Um, I don't know what to say about this one. The the Browns have a great running game that we know. They have probably two top 10 backs in the league. Uh, Bakers looks pretty good. Jarvis Landry has really stepped up with Odell being out. But it's the Chiefs and Mahomes, and they've had a week off, and I don't really see the Browns pulling two miracle games in a row. So taking Kansas City.
2: I'm also taking Kansas City, but I'm taking the Browns to cover whatever the spread is.
1: <laughs> I have Kansas City winning this game as well.
2: Like if su- like I assume the spread is like Kansas City minus seven and a half or something. I don't know. So that seems Sounds right.
0: Good. I can check. Here it is. Uh, minus ten.
2: Oh, yeah, then I'm yeah, the I'm, I'm, I'm
0: with you. Yeah, I'm with you on there. Uh, and then the other AFC matchup is the Ravens at Bills. Uh, this is pretty fun, at least comparing the, the quarterback style of Kamar Jackson and Josh Allen. Pretty similar in a way. Uh, Allen, is, didn't think we'd be saying this like throughout most of his career, but Allen is probably the better passer at this point, probably maybe even a little bit more accurate. I don't know. He's looked really good this year. Spontig's has been a revelation for this offense.
2: He's my favorite player.
0: <laughs> because of
2: fantasy? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Why else do I get favorite players anymore? My team That's sucks. That's Who a good cares? good
1: <laughs> Wait, well, what's wrong with the Eagles?
2: They're terrible. <laughs> it's embarrassing.
0: We'll get there. Um. So, uh, yeah, I'm taking the Bills. I'm also taking
1: the Bills. I have Buffalo beating the Ravens.
0: And then in the NFC, we're going to have the Rams traveling to Green Bay, take on the Packers. Aaron Donald should be back. His QB situation is unclear. I, I think since Jared Goff played through the without a thumb last week, he could do the same this week. Uh, I, I guess the question is around Wolford if he's if he's going to be cleared and if he'll be chosen to start over Goff again if he is healthy. Um, but either way, as we discussed, it's not as much about that as it is about uh, their run game, which we know has been. Packers kryptonite on defense and and their own defense which I don't know if uh Rodgers has gone up against a defense this good all year it's gonna be a, this is uh gonna be really interesting to watch I'm taking the Packers I don't know if that's just homerism or what but uh Rodgers has had such a great season I think he finds a way
1: I trust the Packers offensive line more than Seattle's, and I think the weapons here and the quarterback play is going to be a little bit trickier to maneuver than the porousness that.
0: About, okay, so Seattle. But what about the Rams, though? Because they're the ones they're actually playing.
1: Right. So the Rams are going to have more of to cover with their hands full on this one. But I'm taking.
0: Gotcha. That. I didn't see where you were going with that.
2: You didn't finish either. The line is oh, Packers of You made 6. A mistake.
0: <laughs> Sorry, go ahead.
2: Uh, the line is Packers minus 6.5. i definitely take the Rams to cover that. That seems and, aggressive, yeah. And I'm taking the Rams to win. All right. Rams by three.
0: And then we've got Bucks at Saints, round three of this matchup. Since obviously they're in the same division, they've already played twice. The Saints did sweep the regular season matchups. The second one by an emphatic 38-3 to 3 <laughs> margin. But... Uh, I'm taking the Bucks mostly because Breeze looked pretty awful against the Bears. I don't think he has it anymore, um, and I don't think the Saints are going to beat the Bucs three times in a season. So that's my most most of my reasoning.
2: Also taking the Bucks. I
1: I have the Saints winning according to my old chart, but that's been wrong since the divisional games. I'm going to take the Saints. Just because? Right, cool. How
2: no, controversial!
0: They, they, <laughs> they still, are they favored? I here.
2: I'm sure they're favored.
1: Oh yeah, by three. Vegas
2: yeah, they're at home. Has, I'm sure they're favored. Yeah. I'm not going
1: to conform Vegas. to your to your ways. Vegas actually has
0: all the home teams winning, and the closest one being the Bills by just two.
2: Yeah, that's not that surprising. I mean, yeah. they especially in the in the postseason, usually teams are close enough that a home team will always be favored. On the betting lines.
0: Cool. So that's the divisional round. Um, since we didn't get to go through your whole bracket, story, who is your who is your Super Bowl winner?
2: Bills over Bucks. The cool Bucks, nice. That's what I'd like. I mean, that's what I mean. I wouldn't like to see the Bucks in the Super Bowl, but I do think yeah. the Bucks are going to make the Super Bowl. <laughs> cool. Um, and
0: I think Matt had the Bills beating the Packers,
1: right? No, I had Kansas City.
0: Oh them. right, and I had the Packers beating the Bills. Okay, so we've got three different uh, winners. Uh, Go Bills. I like the Bills. All right, let's talk about some off-season news and rumors. Uh, this one jumped to the top of the list. It just was announced, I think, yesterday, is that Doug
1: Peterson has been fired as the head of the Eagles. <laughs> 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 I can't imagine why. You know, it's not like there was a week seventeen. Yeah, it's
2: Alabama. not. Int- it's not entirely because of that. I, he he wanted to be done um he is like he basically uh doesn't want didn't want people to tell him what to do and that's kind of the big bit and uh like i mean it's the the ownership came up and and really backed the gm howie roseman and it's the drafting has been really bad like that's just the reality like um There's not a lot of first-round hits. The last Pro Bowler that the Eagles drafted was Carson Wentz. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside stands out a lot because of D.K. Metcalf behind him. They were going for a receiver, and they picked him. Um, Uh, There's a lot of things like that that have come up, um, and I think Peterson is kind of sick of it. Uh, I'm kind of indifferent in terms of as a like in in my situation, I'm I'm kind of indifferent. Like in terms of him being done in Philadelphia, like it sucks because I because he also brought this team to the highest high it's ever had. Um, and it's only I was only three years ago, so it's kind of, it's a bummer in the, in that on that front. And he just basically
1: wanted more say in the drafting, and
2: yeah, I think that he didn't get enough control, yeah, over that roster, and. He And basically what happened was I think he kind of sabotaged himself to get out of there because um Jeffrey Lurie had a meeting with him and asked him, what's your what's your plan? Like, what's the plan from here? And, like, like who do you want to be in your coordinator roles and so this and that? And he just, like, kind of shuffled internally because I think he just wanted to be like, yeah, that's not inspiring. Get rid of me. And he can go coach somewhere else. And I think he will go coach somewhere else.
1: I don't see why not. I mean, he he did a lot. As a head coach, obviously. mind
2: you not just an assistant, like as an actual head coach.
1: Now, do you think he's going to want a position that grants him like maybe with with
2: Texans where he could potentially be a GM and head coach? I think that if, uh, like segueing into that next bit, if we if he knows he has Deshaun Watson, I think the Texans are a good location.
0: That is a but good yes. segue. But before we get to that, though, uh, yeah, I saw rumors linking him to the Jets because I guess he's has a relationship with their GM. And then just sticking with the, the Eagles, I guess, uh, what what I'm hearing is that that might actually be good news for Wentz's future there. If Peterson was more backing uh, Hertz, or maybe he wanted—oh uh, shoot, what's that guy's name? Maybe he wanted Sunfeld to be the starter next year. Who knows?
2: There's no chance <laughs> that that's true.
0: I would see as glow. Kidding. I'm just I would kidding. See about a off
1: in the horizon as you just starts burning everything, along with the city of Philadelphia, burning itself.
2: Yeah. So. <laughs> So basically, um, my opinion on the quarterback situation is that Jalen Hurts is a better fit for the team as currently constructed because the offensive line issues and the wide receiver issues, well, really the offensive issues, period, um, are kind of masked by the fact that he can move. And that he can Russell run. Russell Wilson so situation. Russell yeah. Wilson situation. Except, mm-hmm. I won't. Comp- like, of course, Jalen Hurst doesn't have the, the passing acumen that that mm-hmm. Russ does. But, um, but he kind of covers up a lot of the hurt of the of the fact that that line can't protect at all. Yeah, His um, mobility is
1: a big help over Wentz.
2: Yeah, but but Wentz himself is. I would say that Wentz has a higher ceiling in terms of team success. Like, I think Jay and Hurst can win you seven, eight, nine games. But I think that in the long term, with the right pieces, Wentz can win you a Super Bowl. I believe that. And maybe I'm delusional, like Bears fans are with Mitch Trubisky, but that's where I am.
0: <laughs> oh. well, Before the injury, the ACL injury, Wentz, I feel like Wentz did some damage with his legs too in the past, right?
2: Yeah, Wentz definitely had. He
0: can, yeah. Yeah, he can Obviously move. Obviously not to the same level, but yeah, he's not, but he he's not a move, statue. Yeah.
2: yeah, he can definitely move.
0: Um, any chance? Any chance they bring in a new coach who wants to work with Wentz and they trade Hurts to a QB desperate uh, team? Look, like the Bears. If,
2: if for draft if,
1: capital, maybe
2: if a team wants to give a first round, a first round pick, or two second round picks, or a little package of picks, yeah, I think they'll move Hurts because, like, if they move Wentz, they, they have to give up capital. Yeah. yeah, they have to yeah. give up draft and capital a, to get him out. Such
1: a big amount of capital too. It's not just you know sixteen million or whatever. It's a good amount of money.
2: Yeah, and I, I I have to I bet that they would have to give up a high draft pick to get out, get out from under the contract. All right.
1: Well, going back to this one, what about? I think there were rumors potentially to send Wentz to Indianapolis.
2: What I, about Hurts? I don't think that they would take Hurts uh, because I They've don't already think, got
0: a quarterback who can run and can't throw. Yeah, right. Just kidding.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean they but, have. Yeah. They I think they don't want that because they have Jacoby Brissett. And they the have obviously the decided offense. that he's not the guy because they brought in geriatric Philip Rivers. <laughs> geriatric Philip Rivers.
0: <laughs> All right, cool. So that's that's good stuff. Uh, moving on to what you were trying to segue to a minute ago, All Houston right. and Deshaun Watson. This is falling apart fast. It looks like. So apparently, uh, Watson was told that he'd have some say, or at least some some input into the head coach and GM search because they're looking for both. Um, but apparently that didn't end up being true with the guy they hired, Nick Casario, uh, and at the same time, others in the organization are upset because apparently they paid like $500,000 to the search firm who generated a list of GM candidates, which they then ignored to hire this guy. So that's kind of weird. And and so now the trade talks are starting. Um, Tua didn't have the brightest start in Miami, so there's that's one trade I've seen floated (laughs) to a for Watson, which seems insane. Um, but maybe he goes somewhere else, but it looks like the relationship between Watson and his, and the ownership really is, is deteriorating fast. Uh,
2: yeah. So, um, I've, well, first of all, I think that the, the two a bit is not going to happen. They're not, I don't think Brian Flores given him up. Yeah. I don't think that happens. Uh, colts are an option again for any quarterback now uh the bears are an option of course i'm i know that there's been something about the 49ers uh because i don't think that jimmy garoppolo is their guy yeah Um, who else the jets they're gonna take um fields theoretically right so who else could be patriots it would be the Patriots, wouldn't yeah. it? Like, you know yeah, in the it's end, definitely, it's definitely going to be the Patriots. It's definitely the Patriots. About the Patriots. New England, take it. If Wentz was
1: seriously on the offer sheet, on the table, I, I really thought that if there was an organization to take a quarterback, it's always New England.
0: Well, that's what they do with players in general, right? It's like they're, It looks like their career is on a downturn. Everyone else has given up on them. Patriots swoop in and, and revive them.
2: And what's Actually, funny but, Yeah. What's funny is like, it's not even that they are like jumping the line, it's that everyone passed, and then they're like, Yeah, yeah, we might as well. Because, like, when a guy gets waved, and they're always at the bottom of the waiver order because they're always good. And yeah, it's like the 29th out of 32, and like, Yeah, let's just do it. Nobody else took him.
0: (laughs) Didn't pan out with Newton, I guess, this year, but yeah, New
2: England can't revive. (laughs) Yeah, Cam, Cam Newton's terrible. Cam, Cam Newton's not a starter in the NFL next year. There's no chance.
0: Makes me sad, but that's true. Yeah,
2: I don't like Cam. I think he has a terrible attitude.
0: I just like his style.
2: I feel like the style is what causes downfall.
0: Well, the style is probably directly related to the attitude, right? <laughs> anyway, a um, couple other quick hitters here. The Cowboys have a new defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn, formerly of Atlanta. Can only I can't help the 28th ranked unit. I brought that up mostly for Matt because the Cowboys have been his team.
1: I was excited. Then, I don't know how, how well it's going to be affected. We're going to have to wait to see personnel changes, but.
0: And then one head coach has removed himself from the, from consideration. Uh, Matt Campbell is
1: staying at ISU. I really uh, wanted Campbell to go to the jets.
2: Well, they can go get Doug Peterson and they will be a great team.
1: Yeah, that offer is now on the table because that wasn't at the time that I constructed my my head.
2: Coach yes, <laughs> right. Yeah,
0: always in motion. The future is.
1: Although I know Urban <laughs> Meyer is supposed to be coming to coach. Is
2: that a Star Wars reference?
0: It is. I, I was hoping I totally that we'd we get it, it especially it. Well, because I, Yoda is like. Yeah, I,
2: because I did the because I understood the Yoda bit, but I don't yeah. know anything about Star Wars as we discussed <laughs> last time I was on the show. And I missed it. That's
0: okay. You'll just have to listen
1: to the episode. Damn it! This is at the end too.
2: <laughs> now you have to listen to the whole thing
1: yeah <laughs> <You should. laughs> oh that all sucks right. I mean
0: well you were going to listen to the whole thing anyway because it's finally the moment we've all been waiting for boom. Uh, one last trip to the fantasy corner with Suryo
1: who makes oh, all corners I this
0: more fun this was planned because uh, <laughs> it's in the show notes <laughs> this is absolutely planned <laughs> that's why he's here that and his Eagles take um. But yeah. So, quick recap: our our uh, fantasy achievable was Suriel versus Jeremy
2: for the second uh, time. By the way, the last time I won, I also beat Jeremy. Really? In the final. Oh, yeah.
0: That's hilarious and tragic for him who has not won, won So that. that
1: means you makes you two and oh and him oh and two. Oh, that's a rivalry going. That is what that
2: means. Yeah, <laughs> that's correct. Good. <laughs> well done. I'm following. <laughs> I'm glad you're listening.
0: I'm glad you can count um so just uh yes yeah, so for going into this game some key injuries that had i know had you a little bit nervous uh christian mccaffrey who obviously has been out most of the season so kudos for even making it this far with him only playing three games he was probably I mean he was absolutely the one overall pick right
2: yeah yeah
0: and then uh, james robinson who he picked up early on who absolutely panned out <laughs> that guy yep. was really good uh, and then Cam Akers, too, who, like I mentioned, was coming along strong at the end of the season, but was and
2: not. And the high ankle sprain, I was like, definitely going to roll him out. I was very excited. Yeah. And it's funny and because
1: I, I gave you so much crap for that pick.
2: Well, yeah, you, it, it you was definitely still gave tip. my
1: crap.
0: It was deserved. It was a terrible pick for redraft in the end. I wasn't going to keep him on my bench for 15 weeks until he finally started playing, and I was already out of the playoffs. <laughs> but I just wanted it noted that he was formerly of Team Mike. Uh, And then on Jeremy's side, he was without Keenan Allen. uh, Oh, and and by the way,
2: by the way, you're putting it nicely when you say I was a little nervous. I was straight up panicking. I'm like, well, (laughs) I'm screwed. Well, this is over. Nothing's going to happen.
0: The amount of roster turn you went through in the the final. I
2: literally, if you look at our transaction history, I think I picked up like seven players. I'm like, I don't know who I'm going to start. It felt like
1: you were like literally gutting your roster and like, all right, it's time for a Well, yeah, I mean, at that point, who cares? like like mad on any given week
2: yeah (laughs) well at that point who cares like i I, like i could drop james robinson he's not gonna play
0: anyway so yeah that set the stage Uh, i was really evenly matched i think you espn had you at 50-50 the entire time
2: 50-50 at monday night was going into monday night football yep stefan diggs who's my new favorite player by the way um a little bit of stefan diggs action i jeremy had jacoby myers i had the bills defense too i was down by 13 and uh Stephon Diggs scored three touchdowns. Like that's all there is to it. It was very exciting. The rest is is fantasy history. The rest is fantasy history. Um, I'd like to thank James Robinson specifically for getting me through the Christian McCaffrey situation. I'd like to thank Stephon Diggs because he's my best friend and my (laughs) new favorite player. And um, I'd also like to thank Travis Kelsey because that's a huge advantage every single week. I'd like to not thank Le'Veon Bell. Who I drafted in the fourth round.
1: I was so upset when Levion came to Kansas City. Oh, yeah, that sucked for you too, for sure. Because I feel like all the way through like week six or seven, after that point, Kansas City changed their like offensive script and like was not running the same way they were. Cause I felt good. Like I wasn't looking back, you could understand, like I should be livid that I took CEH, but I was like, I felt in a good position with the rookie running backs taken in the first round have had very good success the past few years. And then a, they changed game plan and B, they brought in Le'Veon Bell, which the first couple of games looked like it wouldn't be an effect at all. And then it's yeah. like, they just switched to him.
2: Well, yeah. Well, well he
1: just that played. would
0: have been a better scenario and they both played and neither of them was fantasy relevant. Yeah. That's really like the worst happened. case.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's really what ended up happening. Oh, I was like, I was really, there was a time in the middle of the season where I was like, maybe I can like do a little bit of pawn off of Le'Veon Bell onto Matt and he was right. not having it.
0: <laughs> Smart. Uh, I was going to ask you, my big question for you is, are you buying a Stefan Diggs jersey?
2: I, so here's the problem. <laughs> the answer is generally yes. However, I think the Diggs jersey is going to be real expensive right now and I don't want to overcommit.
0: And, and you spent all your stimulus check on joint on league fees, right?
2: Yeah. I, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to wait for the oh, government and, and to send me another, melt. another melt. little cash dump.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's true. could be another one coming. Uh, but anyway, cool. So yeah, congrats on your victory. Well-deserved.
2: Thank you. Very excited.
0: You join uh, my wife, Jackie is the only one in the league with two. Oh, that's championships. true.
2: Yeah. That's very exciting. <laughs> I totally, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> that, I, that, we're the only ones with two. We're great. Hall of Fame. Yeah. <laughs> Retire now while you're ahead. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> this is one of the few things I'm would good at. What he do with all gonna... his time? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> this is one of the few things I'm good at. I can't give it up.
0: All right. Well, then we can do this really fast. I thought it might be fun. I, I wrote down the top 10 fancy players at each position.
2: Did I have any uh, of these? I don't think so.
0: Oh, I had <laughs> one. That's a good question. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Okay. And uh, I thought it might just be fun to call out outliers. Maybe free agent acquisitions that really paid off. I think Sario has a few of those. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: And uh yeah, so let's just get going. At QB, the number one quarterback. This was in four points for, for passing touchdowns. Yep. This scoring, is an R
2: scoring, I assume, right? Yes. Is that true?
0: This was yeah. yep, this is an R scoring. So Josh Allen was a QB one with 400 points. Close behind were Aaron Rodgers with 386 and Kyler Murray with 383 and Patrick Mahomes was fourth with 380 so kind of all right there deshaun watson number five no surprises yet russell wilson though i have to imagine he did most of that in the first half of the season oh yeah you had russ yeah uh and then ryan Tannehill came in seven a little bit of a surprise a member of team kevin i believe uh then tom brady was right there coming in eighth with 337 fantasy points and then justin herbert who didn't even play every game I uh, was the ninth highest scoring uh, fantasy quarterback, one point behind Brady with 336.
2: Also on my team.
0: Also on your team and an early pickup. I remember you outbid me for him because I had drafted to Rod Taylor, but I had no idea how much to spend yep. uh, free agent acquisition budget wise. And then uh, number 10 was Lamar Jackson with 333.
1: I just want to point out, too, I don't know, Sorry. you've done way more fantasy. Uh, but the first year doing two quarterback leagues very quickly showed up the value of available waiver wire quarterbacks. Oh yeah. Cause I lost Dak and there was nobody really there's there. Nobody. You, yeah, you had nobody. to
0: trade. You had to trade me for Jake Luton.
1: Like, and then like I took Garoppolo. So I gave um, Brittany the Ravens defense to get Garoppolo. Cause I was so quarterback starved and the highest rated available quarterback was on the board for like 0. 0.6 fantasy points that week right,
0: cuz all the starter, every starter is gone.
1: Yeah. Every starter is owned, yep. And I was like, man, I didn't realize just how brutally fast this gets out of hand to the I point mean, where my starting quarterback was Matt Stafford, which I thought would be a great QB2. Yeah, he yep.
0: was okay, QB2, I, I think. I, mean, I he think got hurt he,
2: Yeah, I think he's like, a good Yeah, I think he's a good QB2, but if as long as you he have that so.
0: right, he became your QB1 when Dak right. went down, so. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's oh, huge, and then and then bye week shuffling is huge, and then there's the middle uh, where I had I suddenly had a problem because uh, they because they messed with the schedules, and I had lined up my buys properly with Joe Burrow, who also got hurt, who was also on my team, who I drafted, and suddenly Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert had the same bye week, and then it was a whole disaster because I didn't have a second quarterback. Yep. I think I I think I picked up Kyle Allen or something.
1: Yeah. I, oh yeah, I, I forgot he was a thing for a few weeks. I feel like I limped in that position into the postseason. How, I don't know. Once Dak was done, I was like, that's an average of 40 points a week. I no longer have. And then very yeah. quickly, my roster issues became very forefront.
0: Uh, moving on to running back. This, this is Allen. half
2: PPR for the, for the fans yes, at home.
0: Half, half PPR. And I think, I noticed this a few times, I think we have some stupid bonuses like for 50-yard runs and stuff like that. I might need to get rid of those.
2: Oh, I didn't know that. I I, I, I I saw did know that. I I not know that.
0: I clicked on the score once and I saw like plus one for 50 yard run. I'm like, oh, oh that's, that's in fair. there?
2: Yeah. Anyway, I, I didn't know that. Camara <laughs> was
0: number one. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> the, the trophy's
2: in protest. I don't yeah. want it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I better
0: just take it for safekeeping. Uh, yeah. So, Alan Camara was number one, 338 points. Derrick Henry, Dominic Cook right behind him. And then I, Almost 100 fantasy point drop-off to Jonathan Taylor, the number four running back. Actually, he was tied with David Montgomery, um, Aaron Jones right there too, and James Robinson at number seven, who was another one you picked up. Remember, they traded, for they cut Fournette, right? And Everyone had no idea who the starter was going to be. They said it was James Robinson, but still, it was the Jaguars running back. How good was that going to be? Turns out, good, and I think mostly because he's legitimately talented.
2: He's talented, and he was, and they gave him all of the work like there was nobody else to because even like with some of these good players we have um like splitting split backfields to maintain health and all that stuff um but he literally there was a a stretch of games where the only jaguars running back to get carries was him for like a month in a row
0: right yeah Uh, and then uh, josh jacobs came in number eight and nick chubb ninth despite missing what like six games yep he still scored 200 points. And then right behind him at uh, one point below was Kareem hunt at number 10.
2: That's one of those situations where you had one of those guys in the offense. it might be the number one player.
0: And I did for a while. I had Kareem hunt. It was great. Yep. And then, yeah, every time they scored, I was like, Oh, which one was it? Yep. And usually it was Chubb. And wide receiver. We had Devonte Adams leading the oh, pack.
2: Oh, um, I should ask where, where do you have Christian McCaffrey next year amongst these running backs?
0: Oh, that's a good question. Um, I don't want to take too much away from from the injury.
2: And uh, for I don't that, I think i take
0: Saquon, right?
2: <laughs> and all, yeah, on that note, also Saquon. Like yeah. both of those guys are going to be definitely in the top still, five. Still top I five. would say, yeah, yeah. Like I mean, at I mean, most, I'm still putting McCaffrey over Saquon. Yeah, me too. But I'm saying like at most they are fourth and fifth behind Dalvin Cook or Derrick Henry.
0: Derrick Henry is like, the hardest one for me because he just, yeah, I don't Kamara, if Breeze is there, especially because he's the only one, he, he can only throw it about six yards at this point yeah. of his career, which is perfect for Kamara. Yeah. Um, but if, if it's not Breeze, I don't know how that changes things. I think Derrick Henry, it's impressed me the most because every year it's like, well, he can't do this again, right?
2: Yeah.
0: But he, because he doesn't catch passes, but he's just so, he had 2,000 rushing yards this year.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm just going to say that if I get, like, the fifth pick next year and Christian McCaffrey is there, I'm taking him. Yeah, absolutely. You'd be foolish not to. So I'll I'll go back to the well. That's fine. (laughs) i won with him on the team, so it doesn't matter.
0: Well, Mike Davis was, like, a top 10 back filling in. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that's uh, the right move. So, yeah, receiver, uh, Devontae Adams, number one. Tyreek Hill, two. Stephon Diggs coming in at three. Boom. A lot of questions about what that would look like. Uh, looks and Josh great. Allen looks amazing.
2: <laughs> I mean, he's going to uh, go as the number one receiver in a few drafts, I bet, next year.
1: Hmm.
2: I mean, I think it should be Devontae Adams, but he might – I'm um, saying Stephon Diggs. Like Just it's probably that
1: rapport that he has with Allen and Allen's massive improve in yep. accuracy.
2: Yep. Yep. Yep.
0: Um, yep, yep. Calvin Ridley uh, was number four. A bit of a drop-off there. But uh, Julio was out a lot of the season where right. he was the basically the number
1: one. And- Amazing that Ryan was, you know, not to take away from Ridley, but because of Ridley's ability to run, Matt Ryan was still fourth in the league in passing yards despite mm-hmm. having an abomination of a record. And I put so much of that into Calvin Ridley's performance. He really impressed me on that team.
0: Yeah, he's good. Um, Justin Jefferson came in fifth. Top rookie receiver by far on Minnesota. There, DK Metcalf. He actually outperformed his teammate Adam Thielen, who's ninth on the list. Uh, But yeah, DK Metcalf was six. I feel like I didn't hear much from him the second half of the season too, just like Russ, right? Yeah, offense kind of slowed down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, number seven in year one with Kyler Murray. Uh, Tyler Lockett came in at eight. Oh, Tyler Lockett. I have some personal beef with him.
2: Yep.
0: Anyway, then um, yeah, Adam Thielen came in at number nine. Is interesting between Thielen and Jefferson. Thielen was mostly touchdowns, but Jefferson, I think, outpaced him yards yes, a lot. Definitely. Yeah. But both are good news for Kirk yeah. Cousins. Interesting who,
2: to see two Vikings receivers and yeah. two Seahawks receivers in the top yeah, ten here.
0: Yeah, very. Um, and then AJ Brown came in at number ten, which I
2: think he missed. Also a few on my games, team, right? Yes, yeah. also yeah, on also
0: my
2: on team. team. Mm-hmm. The one of the one of the key components of the team name, the Brown Brown White Association. That's
0: right. I don't think we ever said the name of the team on the show, but yeah, the, the BBW's, I like to call them. <laughs> <laughs> and then at, at tight end, there was basically a tier of two. Well, no, a tier of two tiers of one to start. Yeah. So Travis yes. Kelsey was the also tight end on one. Team yeah that's right with 260 points uh Darren Waller was second with 227 and then a bunch of guys
2: yeah that's <laughs> that's really how the position goes there's two or three guys yeah. historically it's been as you uh, found out, Kelsey Mike Kittle or the uh the late tight end draft strategy
1: well
0: you know what's ironic about that Matt? I, I thought Mike Kosicki was terrible he was my late tight end I drafted he's actually number seven on yeah
2: he's list. yeah he's solid
0: for a tight end, I guess he's fine. Yeah. I um, mean, really, right.
2: it's really, it's, um, it really speaks to drafting a tight end like round seven really doesn't do much for you.
0: Right. Between seven and like 13, round 13. Yeah, and not and, much and I difference. mean, this
2: tells you that Travis Kelsey definitely should be a first round pick. Like yeah, that he's, gap he's is it. huge. He was like Travis was... Kelsey in the first, first, second round area. And then Darren Waller in the second, third round area. And then probably like a George Kittle type in that area as well.
0: Right. Kittle um, missed most of the season. Yeah. But I, like, about
2: that. I think the Zach uh boat and Zach Ertz is my actual favorite player. Um, but I think that ship is kind of sailing both for him as a player eagle. and as a receiving tight end yeah. and as an Eagle. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really that sad. Cause I just bought his Jersey
1: recently. too. Sorry, who? Dallas Goddard was uh was emerging. Oh yeah, on the oh, yeah. Yeah. But,
2: yeah. So so I think right. Earth is done because over. yeah because Goddard is gonna be the guy. But uh, but again, the guy is like, is he number five and scores as many points as T.J. Hawkinson, which is still right. like it's a not... good tight end for him. But like sure, but it's not Travis Kelsey, and it's not and just George to compare,
0: look at Travis Kelsey. If he played, if he was a wide receiver, he'd be the wide receiver four. Yep based on, on this last year's results, which is just yep. insane. And I know he was top top five in the league in in pass in receiving yards, which is just in, in,
2: incredible for a tight I mean, end. He's a Hall of Famer. Like, that's just where we're for at. For sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, Robert, ends left. Robert Tunyon ended up being the third tight end. Yep. Um, he scored a lot of touchdowns with Rodgers. Hawkinson, Mark Andrews came in at fifth with 141, the guy that we thought might be leaping into the top tier, uh, but it maybe but not. Lamar really impressed on, on the on the throwing side. That, that was yep. really, yeah. And then Logan Thomas came in at six, sort of out of nowhere from Washington.
1: They had him. I'm <laughs> also going to tight end. You know what? I'm going to take spent, what I can get.
0: He spent time on my roster too. Uh, then I dropped him. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the offer mentioned by Kisicki. Rob Gronkowski actually came in at yeah. eight.
2: Yeah, he ended up having a yeah. good year.
0: He did, yeah.
2: Kind of. Like, at the beginning of the first, like, month, it didn't look like he could move at all, but then it it uh, The joints
0: loosened up a little bit. Yeah. The chiropractor started kicking in. Yeah, <laughs> And then Hayden Hurst and uh, Johnny Smith rounded it out.
2: Good year for fantasy because I won two leagues. <laughs> I made the playoffs out of, in out of four. How many? I made huh. the play. I, I have five leagues. I was terrible in one um, because I, uh, because it's a 16 team league, and I was already thin at running back, and then Austin Eckler got hurt, so um, I really was behind the eight ball the entire way. Uh, and I also drafted three Eagles receivers, so <laughs> because I didn't know which one was going to be good, so I had three of Turns them. Turns out none of them. <laughs> Turns out none of them were great. <laughs> um, and then uh, I had a vampire league format, which is really fun. And it's something that, so like, I did like a, a little bit of an, an edit to the vampire strategy of format, which normally is 11 teams draft normal. And then the 12th team just picks up waiver wire guys and then tries to beat people. But that's like not that exciting for people that aren't doing the, the like the vampire where they, if you win with the waiver wire team, you get to steal a player. So instead we did it where we played a normal season with 12 teams. And then if you beat the person, you got to, you got to steal a player. So, like, um, like the teams at the end, like, I had, like, Thielen and Tyreek Hill and um, A.J. Brown and Mike Evans and all these guys. Yeah. It, was, it was exciting in that way. <laughs> uh, we're going to do some edits to that format next year, but that was one that I lost by a super thin margin uh, in the semifinal uh, or in the first round, rather. And then another team, we were the two seed in an 18 playoff situation, we lost to the seven seed who ended up winning the whole thing. So that was a bummer.
0: Wow. upset. Uh,
2: yeah. So those two, and we lost by three points. Uh, it was like 212 to 209 or something uh, because that has full defense. I usually play leagues with full IDP. This is actually yeah, yeah. the only league that I play that doesn't have defensive players. Hmm. Way to go, Mike. Yeah. Way to go, Mike. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. We live in a democracy here in this league. Yeah, so.
2: where where we <laughs> where if we don't uh, vote to remove the defenses, I'm gonna cry.
0: <laughs> yeah, lots to talk about in the the ownership meetings this off season.
2: I'm gonna but, be loud. Yeah, it was
0: it was, uh, it was another fun year uh, in fantasy and in uh, reality. And
2: it's still and
0: going. in reality, the year's not even over. Yep. So I think that wraps up. Uh, the show for today, Sarah. So, thanks for joining us again. We should
2: do a live stream Zoom Super Bowl party. Maybe we will. <laughs> there you go. That's, That's, you an, idea. After after. <laughs> That's an idea. That's
0: an idea. Matt's our tech and subscriptions guy. He'll get on that. Yeah. Which is something I just decided. We never talked about that before. Sorry.
1: Yeah. Thanks for that. All right. <laughs> Great. He's <in laughs> want on a plaque, please.
0: Yeah. All right. So, um, thanks for listening. We'll be back right here, at the same time, same place, to break down the championship games previews. So, until then, enjoy the games. See you guys next time.
2: Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.
1: Bye. We hope you enjoy listening to this episode of the 2M Football Show with Mike and Matt. Please subscribe to be aware of our future podcasts. Follow us at social media at 2M Football Show. If you feel like donating to help out the show follow us and check out our patreon we'll see you in the next episode